Well, hello and welcome to another episode number 333 of the Apolog Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head, and if you might not already hear, I have a bit of a cold and I'm getting over it. And uh, it's been a, a, been a couple of months of, uh, of taking off. I took Christmas off. Uh, I, I, took, I worked on New Year's. I was busy, busy, busy. And uh, a few things happened with my professional life that uh, we don't need to get into, but... Uh, yeah, let's just say I need to find a job. Um, this episode is brought to you in part by AIXDSP.com. It's affordable and useful plugins for your digital audio workstation. Get the IC Intuition Compressor. It's a compressor that helps you get a clear and intuitive visual display that shows exactly what is happening to your audio at all times. You can click the link in the description for more information. If you want to support my work on a monthly basis, you can... By all means, go to patreon.com slash You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with my hosting and gas fees. Those hosting fees are coming up. And you can cancel at any time. Um, go buy a t-shirt. Go to appalock.ca slash shop. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Please give it five stars. Like and share on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simonhead666. Okay, so it's a new year. So this is the new year, 2023. Uh, let's not screw this up, folks. All right, let's let's get let's get our best foot forward and make all our resolutions come true and our dreams and wishes. And let's not let's not mess this year up like we did last year or the year before or the year before that. Okay, wear a mask. Be safe. If you catch a cold, don't go outside. If you feel sick, stay inside. Be just be mindful of other people, okay? I know it's hard to think about other people right now, but let's just do that, okay? Okay. So today on the podcast, I have Matt and John from the band Bothers. Bothers is a band based out of Portland, Oregon. They're putting their second record out right now on um, PDA, uh, on um, they're putting their second record out on uh, Dirt Cult Records, um, and it's a great record. I mean, I. I really gotta appreciate the fact that these guys have been doing this a long time, just like, just like moi, and um, they're just good dudes to talk to. Now I had a little bit of a issue with my sound card, and I think I've solved the problem. Um, but we're gonna get them back on the show, and we're gonna talk more because it was actually a really good conversation. And I said we'll carry it on, but because you know time is short, and we should probably get this thing going, I figured we should uh, just put this episode out and uh, enjoy the new year on episode two. Oh, 330. 330 episodes. Holy crap, older. So, yeah. Um, so, let's listen to one of their songs. This song is called Darker Eyes. It's on their sophomore album. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, bothers. <laughs>
And that was Bothers. God, what a rage. That was a good song. Darker Eyes. Uh, you can buy that album. On All the information will be in the podcast um, description. So make sure you go pick that up because, and I think they got some vinyl and uh, good dudes and good times. And um, here we go. Let's get right into it. This is Matt and John from the band Bothers on the Outlaw Podcast. How are you doing? Doing good. Yeah? Doing good. Yeah. Welcome to Canada. Do you have your passports? Yeah, right? (laughs) I just got mine renewed not that long ago. For the reason to come to Canada and play shows? Uh, Yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) That would be awesome. Um, But we're actually all, like, me and Matt's friend group are taking a trip to Mexico in uh, March. Okay. I'm gonna go party in Mexico, and then go play some shows in Canada. What part? Yeah, of, and what, then go play shows. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you get you go to one side and go to the other side of America, right? Yeah, yeah. makes perfect yeah. sense. Um, Portland. Um, it's been a very long time. Portland, right? Am I making this up? Yeah, yeah that's, yep. right. that's right. It's. I remember the uh, the very first show I ever played in America was in 1990, 1990 We're opening for Down by Law at, in Portland. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then there was another band we saw. We got there a day earlier. It was a band called the Stacys playing. Um, and it was in this weird squat. And I've never seen such a violent fight in my entire life than in Portland, where these guys got this guy bent around a pole and were kicking the living shit out of this guy. Like, it was like they were killing this guy. And that's that's my happy memory of Portland. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. sound like in Portland. <laughs> no. <laughs> another another Portland fun fact was that there used to be like the drinking fountains just used to just keep water just kept running in the drinking fountains. That's still that, a thing. That is still a thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. How does that happen? Where does it go? I, I, I don't know. And that's the thing is like when COVID hit, um, I was wondering if those would sh- they shut off for a while. Oh, okay. But they're back. They're back now. I really, we we never we, drank out of one. No, I did. I I was like, this is just confusing. As how, where yeah. else is water coming from, and how is it getting in? Like, I don't know. Doesn't make sense. Not very conservative when it comes to water. Um, but what was the band you played in when you came down in Portland? Uh, I was in a band called Red Fisher, a band out of Winnipeg, and we we went down that way. And then the first band, well, actually, the time before that was a band called Trigger Happy, um, band out of Toronto. Um, that was our first tour. Um, we were called Kingpin back then, but then we realized there was a ska band at a Boston called Kingpin, and we didn't want to be, um, <laughs> didn't we, you know, yeah, avoid <laughs> that at all. Times. Yeah, I mean, come on, why, why start limped, you know? <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, I mean, I I've heard your songs, and what I mean, what are your like how? What were your early um, influences of of music, and how far back does it go? Oh shit, Matt, you want to go first? Oh, it's all you. You start. You're serious. Uh, uh, I grew up. My parents had me very when they were very young, so I grew up in a house. Learned my dad listened to a lot, a lot of like seventies Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin and ACDC and pretty much all the stuff that was like popular on the FM and AM radio at the time and my mom was into country so that was like my first thing i was obsessed with acdc from a young age probably like uh first grade something like that and then i got way into 
like as you you know get to teenage years i just decided you know i don't want to be into my parents music so i got way into hip-hop and i bought a public enemy cassette so i went down that road for a long time and then nirvana really like kind of shifted things so i was like into hip-hop and like what was happening in the underground at the same time so it's like following two underground musics as they were like flourishing mm -hmm. so that was pretty exciting but yeah i'd say nirvana was like the band that when i saw them i was like i want to be in a band or no i want to play drums and then when i heard jawbreaker is when i realized i wanted to be in a band mm -hmm. that's the that's the simplest way to put it <laughs> Yeah, well, that's actually an interesting inroad into punk rock too, right? Is I mean, mm -hmm. that was always Nirvana was always sort of the inroad around the '90s when people just decided, like, just even though it's on a major label, it, this is like this is good music by people who we can sort of relate to. Relate to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found that that's that's interesting. Um, it, it is, it is, it is definitely Nirvana was the the gateway drug to a lot of punk rock. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, on on my side, I uh, yeah, I guess kind of early on, music was like uh, you know whatever you know. Par again, parents were like listening to like kind of like classic rock stuff, and then I kind of got into like more of the like 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 hair metal stuff, <clears throat> you know, because it's kind of like age appropriate at the time, and then it kind of turned into like whatever was on skate videos, you know. So it'd be like. You know, Chains Addiction, Morrissey, or well, the Smiths. Um, then, like, a first, my first subscription to Thrasher. Um, and I got the Drive Like Jehu Yank Crime CD with that. <laughs> and that kind of just completely blew the door open for me, like, musically. Like, when I heard that, I was just, I just couldn't even under, really even understand it at first, but then I was just obsessed with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you guys have been playing in bands a long time, and sounds by the sounds of it. Yeah, I, when was your first band, Matt? Uh, probably I think the first band I played in was in like high school. It's called, it's called like uh, oh man, I can't remember the name. It was a hardcore band, like upstate New York. I grew up in upstate New York, like Rochester area, so it was very of that area, kind of like '90s solid state amp hardcore. <laughs> i love that generalizing yeah that's that's i can i do just popped right in my head like, yeah yeah like everything's just like that compressed kind of like uh open e chord everything you know <laughs> that, what year that was probably like ooh, 93 or 4 93 or 4 something like that that's yeah. about it's about the time my first band like started, but I, I used band loosely because we started fucking around or teaching each other how to play our instruments in like 93. But we played our first show. I think we played our first show in 90, late 94. Mm. And it was in my parents' basement. Uh, and my fr and then fucking friend, their friends were there and my friends were there. It was weirdly weird. <laughs> funny. Yeah, my, my, first, my first show was actually in, in our friend's... Uh, uh, his parents' house attic. <laughs> Classic. It's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. It's funny you say uh, when you talk about Syracuse. I was just I was in Buffalo like two days ago, uh, working with a band, and I I'm looking at the consoles like memory of shows, and this was pulled from a couple of years ago, or and and Snapcase was there. I'm like oh, yeah. fucking Snapcase played here. <laughs> like I didn't, yeah. I had no idea they were still <laughs> doing shows. You know, like. I 
I didn't either. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're, they're Syracuse, right? Are they? I Buffalo? think they're, they're no Buffalo ish, like Buffalo. Okay, and yeah. then I always thought they were like, like Burlington, which is sort of on the other side of the border, like towards like yeah. Toronto. But that's all the, all the people that like Snapcase felt like we're from Burlington, which is like the West suburb of, of, of Toronto, the Toronto area. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's in, you know, that whole, that, that sort of that time of music where it was like, you could, get, you could, you know, you could just play a show in a house in a basement. Like there was a whole underground oh, yeah. scene throughout oh, America and Canada where you could just go and play in show, play in basements. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean that was all my early exposure to shows was just basically basement shows or loft shows or you know wherever they you know uh, community centers, VFW halls, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like my like introduction to it was like going to see um, who did I see? Uh, it was like Rocket from the Crypt or something, and it was like the first show I like paid like a ticket for at a Ticketmaster, and at the show like there was punk handing out flyers for like a house show. Once I got into the house show thing, it made other shows that we had to buy tickets for and like go to like an actual, it made those seem just lame, <laughs> just super lame. Yeah. 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 I, I toured all over North America in houses, like uh, playing houses and basements. Mm -hmm. And there was a, the maximum rock and roll had the book your own fucking life magazine, which oh, was yeah. all the, yeah. all the database, like, well, like a phone book of all places. And we'd call like, Hey, we're going to be there. And like, you know, two weeks, can we play your place? And sometimes they wouldn't be there. They'd be kicked out of the place and it wouldn't exist. You know, yeah. so we're like, well, we're in Minnesota. Like, what are we going to do? You know, so we'd go find yeah. places to play all over the place. And we never really had a real itinerary or any sort of plan or money or any of that stuff you should. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the essentials. Yeah. The essentials. Food, you know. Yeah, yeah I remember like, your own fucking life. That was, that was quintessential to like back then. That's like, the only way to do yeah. things. Yeah. So that, like, you'd have like a friend's like, Hey, I know this guy, yeah. write him a letter and then he'll send you something back. You know? Yeah. We had, uh, we had this weird connection cause I lived in Winnipeg, which is basically the middle of Canada. And, uh, I, we had a, a friend that worked at a hotel that was the switch, the guy that would switch the calls through, but he, we could call him toll free. And then he would then call back to the numbers of the places so we would oh. like, we would call this guy a collect, and then he would call all these places all over North America and help us book book shows. And That's awesome. It, yeah, it was that oh, and phone, stolen stolen um, phone cards too was another big thing. Do you, back then. Do, do you do the the dialers with the chips that you put on like the payphones and stuff? No, we never had that. But we did have like somebody. There'd be a network of underground network of like phone cards, and then the number oh. when you just have the number of this phone card, it was like Bell had like a, a phone card you'd yeah. get and and then it's like try this one it would work and now i guess the closest thing is trying to find serial numbers for like software and stuff like that's the <laughs> that's the closest yeah. thing is like you spend hours yeah. and hours trying to find it but then it and then it finally works and he's like god i could have just put money in the payphone and and <laughs> gone on with my day uh, right. yeah man oh it's really cool like that you guys have been really like sticking it out for that for that many years like i mean obviously different bands along the way but mm -hmm. It is definitely, um, I meet people all the time who like really take, you know, they take the effort to just keep doing it and they find side jobs that sort of keep them in, in the part where they can play music. And there's, there's something fascinating about that to me. It's like, it's, it's like, you know, I did it. I, I you know, I don't do it anymore, <laughs> but I feel <laughs> I, I can really empathize with that type of, of life, you know? 
it's always hand to mouth and it's never like um it's never super easy unless you're like i mean you get put on a major label or a label period sure yeah yeah it's true i mean even being on a label though like uh is not really all it's cracked up to be anymore mm. you don't really need that's that's the strength thing is like um, people are putting out, there's so much music coming out now that it's like, and it's all, a lot of it's self-released and it's like, man, what, what, if, unless you're on like a bigger, bigger label or a major, it doesn't really yeah. matter. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's a tough one because everybody's, everybody's got a label, right? So if everybody's got a label, yeah. then everybody's putting out music and it's tough to sort of curate kind of what's out there. Yeah. And there's also like, uh, so we did, uh, this record with, uh, Chris from, uh, Dirt Cult and, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Like, I mean, uh, immensely helpful because, like, uh, to maintain kind of doing this is, is tough. Like, it's expensive. It's expensive. There's a lot of investment. And have somebody that's like there with you on that is like awesome. It's like, you know, much appreciated. You're like, oh, I can actually kind of continue to do music because somebody wants to go on that journey and like help us out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Those people are saints. They're like yeah. saints. Yeah. <laughs> Or glug for punishment. When it, when, <laughs> Somewhere in between. Somewhere maybe, I don't in know. between. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the independent music scene has always been, um, it always finds a way. You know, it always finds a way to sort of make, to put it out there. You know what I mean? No matter what, if you're having trouble, troubles like paying your rent, it seems like people yeah. prioritize things. I just talked to a guy, he's like, I'd rather be in a studio than pay my rent. I'm like, my God, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. you're fucking crazy. <laughs> But, yeah. but <laughs> there's got to be more to it, right? No. Yeah, I think rent's cheaper than studio time, right? Probably is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can you can wake up in a bed and not have to worry about, you know. Yeah. There's all the That's priorities true. in life. Like, have you guys, I mean, we're all a little bit older. Have you have you decided, like, have you put prior like music in a priority level where it's not the most important thing anymore? Or where does that fit with you, with you guys? Mm, Matt, you want to go first? Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still it's still a priority, but I guess like um, you know, when uh, you know, ten years ago, or so we probably have been like, yeah, let's get this record out. Let's spend six plus months touring. Let's do this, you know. But now I think it's uh, although it's not as higher priority, it's still like make it a focus and make sure that like, we're being creative and writing and playing shows as much as we can. But you know, I, like life comes by. Like I, I I have my own like business that I do. John works a lot and yeah, it's just hard to, yeah. hard to, you know, keep it up there. I don't know. You know. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just, <clears throat> I, I mean, I still, I, I think that's the thing is like you get bit with this bug at a young age and either you take to it or you don't. And if you take to it, you know, you're going to do it for just the sheer joy of doing it. Um, but like Matt said, you know, we're not going to jump in a van for six plus months because I have a house I got to pay for and like I got to work and I don't even know, you know if people do that even more. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But that's how we used to do it. Like our old bands would just like yeah. hop in a van for like, I don't know, two months at a time and just like hit it hard. And you know, I'm when you're in your twenties and you don't really have much to and your thirties, like even really worry about, I say, do it. It's all for it. Yeah. Also, yeah, on the other side of the two, it's like the worst addiction I ever got, you know? Yep. It's true. <laughs> it's really true. Like I, I, I tried I've tried throughout the years to stop playing music. Like I've done it like, okay, I'm gonna take a breather and like maybe see if there's something else I wanna do other than music. And every time 
I come right back to doing this because I just, it's like Matt said, it's like an addiction. I've just got to do it. I got to hang out with my friends and be creative. Yeah, that is definitely, you know, you put your blinders on and, you know, and, and, and uh, if this conversation happens all the time when somebody's in their early 20s and they, when they were in their early 20s, there's like this blinder, like, like I'm going to do it mm-hmm. hell or high water. I'm going to make this work. And then you go 10 years of kind of like treading water and then you start either you dig in and something happens or you start putting things like saying, well, I got a job and I have life and I have a life. I have a wife, maybe kids um, that you might know of. And then there's like there's like there's things than priorities where the music kind of starts taking uh, more of like a not a hobby. That's a horrible word, but more like a it's a passion to do it for the sake of doing it. And you do it yeah. because you you can, not because you have to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still like as cheesy as it is. I still like I I don't know. I don't think it's cheesy, but I believe in punk rock, I guess, and like music in general, and just like the sheer power of, of it. Mm. Like changed my life. You know, I met Matt, and I moved to a whole other city, and did a bunch of things in my life. It was great. Yeah, doesn't yeah. matter about the money. It's just like that was the community of punk. And underground music scene is, I think, worth more than that, more, more than any kind of dollar amount. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I, I I meet people in my line of work. I I'm, I work at a theater in like a regionally run theater, and, and, and I'll, <clears throat> I'll run into someone, and it kind of it's almost like two dogs looking at each other, going, "Yeah, I know you. You used to do this, or we used to, you see the tattoo creeping from under there, and you're like, ah, okay. So, anyways, you start talking. Next thing you know, like. That's what's running this world right now is, is us 20-somethings from 20, 30 years ago. We're like, we're, we're running the industry now. So it's like you meet people and you meet good people and you go, man, you know, and there's something about it because that whole community of being in a van and meeting other people in vans and, and, and having late night dinners and it's this sort of bonding type of situation that it is a dying art, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'd say that uh, I don't think I have anybody within my group of friends or people that really communicate that isn't through music in some sort, you know, Mm. like whether it's uh, like playing music together or just a passion for music or going to the same shows or, you know, and it's like when you do make new friends, it's it's like you say, you see somebody like, ah, I I think that person, person probably is on the level, probably (laughs) the whole score, you know? Someone should be yeah. a secret handshake or something. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, that's the thing is like the tattoo thing now, though, especially, you know, just in general, the tattoo thing is kind of losing its um, meaning. So if, like you see someone with a tattoo, you usually think like, oh, they're probably like, like punk or a punker or whatever. Like I'll probably get along with them. But now just tattoos. My mom has tattoos, you know, my, yeah. <laughs> my sisters have tattoos. So it's like that thing, that signifier is kind of changing now. But whatever. I mean, you still see. I think the thing that is cool is driving around Portland is seeing like younger punk kids that are like wearing like the that look like Discharge still. Like, <laughs> that's rad. I find that Whoa. super rad. I could never put like me and Matt, like us and our at our age walking down looking like that. We'd look silly. That's just yeah. I can't do that. But see for yourself, John. I look great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not like uh, John had a story about when he uh, saw a kid coming out of high school the other day with a oh, shirt. Yeah, on. I was like walking to go 
get coffee. It was later in the day, so they were leaving for lunch or something. And I saw this group of kids walking down the street. And one of the kids had a Los Crudos shirt on. Wow. Did, like a high school kid. And I was just like, I never see, I see like every other kind of thing here in Portland, but I never see a Crudos shirt on a young kid, especially. So I just was like, took my headphones out and I was like, hey, nice shirt. And the kid was kind of taken back. Like, are you talking to me? And like, look, and I was not, I had like a sweatshirt on and like yeah. my baseball hat. Kid probably thought I just looked like a total square. Like, why is this square talking to me about Los uh, Crudos? I'd like to imagine the kid's just like, okay, yuppie, you're the yeah. one. Cool <laughs> you should have come up to him and go, Assassino, Assassino, Assassino. <laughs> should have started singing lyrics. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it was just really cool to see a young kid with that shirt on. That's insane. They must have had, it must have been their dads or uncles or something. Cause that's like, since you don't go to like, like wherever we have like a surf skate shop called West 49, like it's like a, mm-hmm. you don't go buy Lost Crudo shirts there. You might buy a Blink 182 or a No Effects shirt, but, or a skateboard, a Tony Hawk skateboard or something, but you don't, no way that had to, I had to like be in a thrift shop or, or somewhere. Cause yeah, or like I was saying to Matt, I think I was saying to Matt that our band practice the other night was just like I think it was just like you know maybe their parents had to be like their parents listen to it so the kid knows what it is or something. Yeah, yeah. Like my my daughter uh, goes walks drive, walks around school with a Descendants hoodie because it was mine. <laughs> so <laughs> it's sort of like a thing now, right? Like so the kids are yeah. wearing other people's other people's their parents' punk clothes. I mean, Crudos was kind of a shock, but if I ever saw, speaking, you know, since you're in Canada, if I was to ever see a kid like either sporting a homemade shop maker patch or listening to well, shop maker, yeah, there's probably, a deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, that's when I know, like, okay, something's going on here. Yeah. Shop <laughs> that's maker. my deep. That's my deep cut. Ooh, yeah, no, they, I, I know those guys because those guys are Ottawa boys. Like, I, I knew Shotmaker. Mm-hmm. I, I did some recording with one of the guys from Shotmaker um, oh, for the bass. Was it the bass players? I forget their name. But there was a time when I was in Red Fisher and Shotmaker, we both played in Austin in the same club in Austin. And then we just like literally, like, hey, see you guys later. And then they just drove west and we drove east. And I was like, <laughs> and yeah, those guys. Um, there's like this place, there's this guy in, in Ottawa, his name's Sean Scallon. He takes all these crazy pictures. He was like friends with Fugazi and he brought all oh, yeah. these bands up to up to Ottawa. And um, Shotmaker was like one of those bands that would always be on that 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 bill. And yeah, man, fuck, that's great. That's, <laughs> there was an- Scallon's, Scallon's another name. Like I've been seeing his pictures. We're buds on the, the social media. But like my old band, north lincoln played in canada quite a bit because i grew up in grand rapids michigan so we'd play there a bunch and i remember uh we played in ottawa and some kid was like at our show he's like hey just letting you know scallon's coming to the show he might take some photos of your band and i was like yo that's sick that to me is making it getting like scallon taking your picture and then it winding up in like a heart attack or maximum rock and roll you know what i mean i gotta show you something i gotta show you something okay The whole thing doesn't fall apart. Well, don't break it. Oh, no. This is, um, this is a Sean Scallon. This is Les Claypool playing the oh, Rivoli. No yeah. Well, nice. That's a Sean Scallon picture. Awesome. Yeah, crazy. What year is that from? Uh, this is during, I think, the Frizzle Fry era. He's got, like, no hair. This is before... <laughs> um, 
Definitely before uh, sail, uh, uh, sailing the seas of cheese. Oh, era. okay, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's still got so like that ninety-one. Yeah, around the early nineties. Yeah, yeah, Primus. Yeah. Isn't that fucking crazy. Yeah, it's Sean Scallon. He's he's like a legend. He won't come on my show either. He won't go on anybody's show. <laughs> I don't know why. That doesn't surprise me. That does, I tried. I I I was going to try to talk with him about doing something, but I don't. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let him know. He's on my. I am on on Facebook too. So uh, we'll yeah. we'll uh, we'll maybe meet there, but and no. maybe double tag tag team him to just because the the amount of stuff that 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 guy has done just for punk rock in Canada and it's insane. Oh, yeah. It's insane. He had a place called Five. Did you ever play Five Arlington? It was that. No, I did not. Little tiny place. Know. It was like this little tiny place just off the highway in Ottawa, mm-hmm. and, and then he would book like the big places like Barrymore's and was it Barrymore? Yeah, Barrymore's and some other places like. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I think he ran a I think he ran a label for a while too. Yeah, he worked at the radio station and yeah. 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 Ah, it's so cool, man. Wow. <laughs> We're like best friends. Yeah, it's 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 weird because like um uh we probably how long ago was that when we lent gear to Mets? <laughs> oh Mets. That, I played in a band with Chris oh. for a little while when he was in, well after Monin, uh Chris okay. joined my band called Foursquare. And uh he, oh, he was sure. in my oh. band for like maybe two months. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, Slorak. I, I still see him around. He Mets is fucking amazing. Great yeah, band. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like I kind of punished Hayden for a little bit because he played in a band with uh the drummer. I can never remember the drummer's name of Shotmaker, but he played in a band with that guy. Two bands, the gray and um uh what is it? Not three pen- yeah, three penny opera. I think that sounds right. Or no, thirty second motion picture. I think it's three penny opera. So it's three penny opera and the gray. Hayden played in the band with the dude from the shop, the shop maker, and Sean Scanlon put their records out. Oh, Very okay, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Have you ever that's played some nerd? That's some nerd shit. That's, that's, that's some, some yeah. Nerd. People in the podcast are like, <laughs> like just like, yeah, all right, let's go, let's go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, more about those t-shirts and no effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How about that? No effects. They're pretty good, huh? You know. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about punk rock. Um, Ah uh, man, have you like so? I assume, have you either of you come? To, you've come to Toronto then, right? Obviously, yeah, mm, yeah. Uh, I did. I went through most of Canada. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we did like a where did we go from uh, Montreal all the way over to Calgary, I think. Something like that. This, yeah. this was Livers, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah other yeah, Livers yeah. prior, yeah. Did you ever play Sault Ste. Marie? Because that was always never a place to play. It was always you drive through and then cell service would stop. No. I mean, I'm from, he's from, well, at that point, Livers was, Young Livers was based out of Gainesville. I would have been the closest to playing Sault Ste. Marie living in Michigan. Right. But we never, I mean, North Lincoln only did um, the eastern part of Canada. And I think maybe we played Vancouver once. Right. I could be wrong. Um, but that's it. Young Livers did the most, they tracked the most ground in Canada <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it was a great time. It's awesome. Know, it's still, once you go north of Sault Ste. Marie, the phones stop working. Like, still. Oh, I don't doubt it. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a book I, I was reading uh, that, like, DOA's talking about driving that up there, and it was dirt roads. Like, oh, wow. I mean, it's, I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised if they're still dirt roads. Yeah. They're still on that. <laughs> What a sketchy drive. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that tour just, uh, some of the drives just being like, you know, just like 
Tulane, middle of nowhere, like just all kinds of the, the moose warning signs. Yeah. And we had like an outpost <laughs> that like, you know, that was the only thing for the next 200 miles or something, you know, it was wild. Yeah. Pretty cool. Did you play Thunder Bay? Thunder Bay was the place to play yeah. then, like Crocs and Rolls. That was that was the place, the venue, the oh, only venue um, to I'm, play in. Probably, yeah. We played Thunder Bay. Yeah. yeah. There's a buddy of mine who lived up there who used to put out this band called Headcramp. Headcramp, um, um, and they were like a hardcore band, like the hardcore band in in, uh, in Thunder Bay. Oh, nice. And it was Meathead Records. That was the name of the record label up there. <laughs> and it was a good name. Good name for a hardcore label. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he did like these comps, crazy comps. Talk, we were talking about a guy like a label guy who sort of puts their lifeblood into. This guy just put out so much, so many records, so many mm. CDs, and so many comps. Like, yeah, you can't appreciate that enough about the people that sort of sow, sow the seeds of independent and punk rock music. Like those guys, this guy, Eric Weller, he was the guy. I did yeah, it, you know. True. Foundation of that music scene, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing that's kind of that you don't see anymore. You never see comps anymore. Yeah. Because it's Those Spotify, right? It's, yeah. yeah, I know. It's, it's I think it's because it's Spotify. Yeah. It's like you can just make your own playlist and mm -hmm. and then and then that's it. There was nothing curated anymore. Unless you get your curated my mix or whatever, Spotify is going to tell you that you like. You know, for the better yeah. part, Spotify gets me, you know. <laughs> we have we have an understanding. We have a relationship, um, but yeah, you're right. There was that type of thing. You you go and you get a comp, and it'd be like a free sampler, or like four song comp, or you know, or or twelve or a five hundred song comp. But yeah, there, there would always be like oh, like a, some good stuff. There was this label out of UK called Boss Tunage that used to do these yeah. great comps. Yeah, 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 no Boss Tunage for sure. Yeah, for sure. Aston, Aston, that guy is that guy. Another guy. We should we should, we should be crowning the heroes of punk rock. He's a guy. <laughs> He's a guy. He probably still has some four square records sitting in his like up somewhere like in a shelf somewhere. He's a. He's oh, I'm a, assuming he's probably got some North Lincoln records. Yeah. That we that he probably was distributing for us or something at some point yeah. just yeah. sitting there did you guys ever make did you make it over to europe at all mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's the yeah, best that's the best it's i mean best. we were just talking about the other night yeah um just how it's just like such a it's like a completely different world totally. like as far as is the touring as well i mean obviously it's a different place but um yeah you just see like you get spoiled over there you're just it's not such a struggle if you feel like appreciated like people yep. actually like take care of you set you up you're not like begging for a place to stay or a meal yeah 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 my, awesome. my theory is is that there was never really like an mtv or um or a much or like a music television image-based media until like later on in the late 90s so i, mm -hmm. I feel that like that sort of is the idea like people didn't care what you look like they didn't care you know like if you're Mm -hmm. like my 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 joke is because the scorpions were huge there like they looked like little like garden gnomes <laughs> trolls and they yeah. were like huge you know right so and that was all pre kind of whatever like image-based rock and roll and uh yeah yeah and i was I in my 30s you, when i went over there so i was like i was already over the around the yeah. over the hill <laughs> at that point <laughs> yeah i think the uk got lucky because like you know listening to what they're like talking to our driver about what their pop music was in the you know early 90s compared to what american popular music was in the early 90s they were getting fed like ride and the charlatans and my bloody valentine yeah. that's what popular radio was for them over here i was getting paula abdul and michael jackson shoved yeah. down my throat 
and that and then that all changed when Nirvana happened, but that kind of happened worldwide. Yep. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. The UK at least got lucky with that. They could have their popular music was a lot a lot cooler. <laughs> Yeah, it was hard to break. It was hard to do any shows there for us. Like we we went, we played uh, two or three shows. We played. We're supposed to play three, but played two with some forty one. So we're playing like big shows in front of a lot of people. And then, and then, it, so but we couldn't. We played some shows there with ten foot pole, and it was like, bleh, like nobody would show up. It was horrible. <laughs> and even like we're talking with like because I'm friends with the the band the Weaker Dance, and like oh, yeah. those guys. Oh, yeah. They Great could, band. Amazing band. They couldn't get arrested in the UK until their last two records. So they'd already put two rec- wow. great records out, and they were huge in Europe. <clears throat> couldn't get arrested in the UK. And there was some, I don't know what it was. And then finally, people caught on. It's yeah, too forward. I mean, we, I don't know. Uh, when North Lincoln was in the UK, it was, we had like a kind of a, a no idea. I guess the no idea thing at the time that the liver livers and North Lincoln went over to the UK was like pretty popular. Mm-hmm. So it had, it, it did well. We weren't making a ton of money, but there was people at the shows. Yeah. They're good shows. Yeah. It was, they were really good shows. And then it got really wild when we got to mainland Europe. So like Germany was crazy. Italy was insane. That's when it was like, that was, I didn't expect kids in Italy or, you know, to know my shitty band from fucking Michigan and we'd show up to the squat or what they called squats. When I think of a squat in America, I'm thinking yeah. of a dilapidated building. That's just the worst. And this had like a bar in it and like super nice sound system. It was just insane. Right. Yeah. And there's like 500 kids show up to the show. I'm like, how, where are these people coming from? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the last time I went was in 2010, I think. Yes. And it seemed like the dream was sort of a little bit over, even from booking agents is like weekend shows were like always somewhat well attended. Weekday shows were like, oh, like a bust. It was like really bad. And like guys oh. who would help us book shows, you'd say, you know, listen, they would go to a concert like the late 90s and spend their whole weeks of their pay to buy everything like on the merch table. And, and that's what that's fuels tours, you know. And and it seemed like it seems like now that that sort of idea of like it's uh, you know uh, you know whatever, but we'd still play these weird little country venues where it's like two hundred kids would show up and like where where do you all live? How can this happen? You know they take half the building down so they can put more people in it and and you know like, yeah yeah but it, yeah I always loved going there. I you know listen it's like I'd love to go there but it's like. Mm, I think I'd like to go just travel around and enjoy the sights for once rather than have to be somewhere yeah. all the time. But uh, yeah. so we should talk about your music. That whole thing. That whole thing. So how long have you guys been, how, how long have you been a band for? Did we start right when I moved here? In 2015? Shortly, yeah, shortly after you did. So we, that means we've been oh. a band now. Probably eight years. I guess like more like seven, because I want to say that it was a little while before we did, but yeah, probably about seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, our <clears> first <throat> official show was 2016? 2017? Yeah, I, that's probably about right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What's, what are dates, man? Well, you can take exactly. two years off. You can take two years off because you got up dates between 2020 and 21. <clears throat> it wasn't really, it was, that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So we're five years old. Five, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you're like a new band. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So obviously, you guys came together. Is is this how many records have you put out? Is this um, one of many, or is this how many have you done? This this is our second. Second, yeah. Our second record, yeah. Yeah. And both on Okay. Yeah. 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 And do yeah. you? Um, yeah. So you're uh, gearing up the tour. Like, what's the plan? Uh, I don't know. Just, uh, <clears throat> we had some shows coming up. Um, so Mike, our bass player, is in California, and we're here in Portland. Yeah. So, um, in I don't know. We kind of take it day by day, see what happens. You know. Uh, I think we would tour. I just uh, we don't really have any secure plans yet. Yeah. Just gonna get some shows to coincide with the record release, and we're gonna go do some here and some down in California, and then you know maybe up in seattle or something some west coast stuff yeah yeah we had we had played we had all toyed with the idea of going back over to uh europe yeah that's and that's kind of like we kind of like yeah (laughs) still on the table but that's kind of like a you know using part of your idea where we play a few shows but then have a couple days off as well to like enjoy the sights yeah you know not really go crazy with it and then maybe take you know our significant others with us if they want to come and like hang out or whatever you know like i guess treat it like a vacation and play some shows because i just want to go back to europe because i don't know when i'm ever going to have the chance to do that again yeah 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 i got a record turning 20 years old next year and we're trying to figure out what we're going to do like should we (laughs) can we (laughs) is it worth it no it's not worth it but should we no can we probably you know sure you know absolutely why not why not you know like i i uh i've i've been so broke for so long try, trying to be in a band it's like now i can actually afford to be in a band you know so it's like yeah but i feel like you know it's, as you get older you start sort of understanding like i went away for two days i was a cut back i was exhausted it was like that was two days and i was just doing sound i wasn't even playing it was just like it was like yeah. i really feel like you feel the wear and tear on the body you can't sleep on floors anymore you gotta you gotta take care of yourself when you're on tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we actually, we just, uh, uh, both John and I's other bands uh, went down and played the fest in Florida. Oh, yeah. We were there for like, we played like three shows. We were there for like four days and all of us came back and we're like, I don't know how you could do this like for a month long. And I don't know how that works anymore. No, I, I, I could not do it. There's no way. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how, well, I do know how we did it so hard. Because we were kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And why. adrenaline takes over. I mean, like, 100%. I, I, I've been pretty good, like, with keeping healthy, but usually I'd come back from, like, a four or five day tour and I'd just catch the flu. It was like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, what happened? Yeah. I, nothing. I was perfectly fine, but you're running on adrenaline, like, just getting through the days to, to get it done, you know? But the days yeah, of 30 year, 30 day tours are, like, not going to happen. Yeah, ever that's the other thing too you know yeah i feel like everybody just they kind of do like coasts or do festivals or you know yeah so. yeah they treat really... north america like australia where they just fly to the yeah. parts of the, and, and do... you know i mean two weeks is a good amount of time i think and I that's agree. even pushing it for me like like i'm like man 14 days that's a lot. That's a lot. Depends if you're open. If you're opening for a band, you only got 45 minutes set, then it's like bum, 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 up, up and down. Yeah. Oh. I don't even think we. I don't even think we could play it for. We do like 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 30 minutes. I see this yeah. thing is going to end in five. I'm just going to keep this going for three minutes. Uh, 
this isn't enough time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, listen. Um, let's, you know, let's let's just rebook this for like, you know, another time, you know, and then that way we can keep this conversation going. Because uh, you know, it sounds like we know a lot of the same people, which would be kind of fun to find yeah. out uh, how many people we know. We could play a game and say like, oh, yeah. how about this person? I know that person, and then we can <laughs> just pretend that we know everybody, each other. Um, <laughs> No, I, I really no. I, I listen to the record. I love it. It's awesome. Uh, you guys, you know, I wish I wish you all the luck, and you know, come to Toronto. And when you do, um, did you get my text? That's my number. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. yeah. We got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. So, anyways, yeah. I uh, whenever you come and you want to come and you need a couch or you need somewhere to stay too, just just come stay here. It looks it's actually quite clean. It looks like shit here right now, but, <laughs> but it's actually the rest of it's quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. That's, that's great. Yeah, yeah man. man, that's great. Yeah, Love to come through too. It's great to meet you. And like, look me up on look me up on on Facebook, and let's you know let's connect that way too. Awesome. Sounds good, man. Okay, guys. For sure. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having thanks. us. Okay. Later's. And that was Matt and John from the band called Bothers. Go pick up their sophomore album. Um, I believe it's called Two. Looks like two number ones, like Roman number numeral two. It could be II, could be two. But check it out on their album. Um, but check it out on uh, Dirt Cult Records, which is based out of San Antonio. And uh, yeah, they good dudes. I mean, I, I just, I don't know, I just have these conversations with people, and I know that these are people that I, I could hang out with, and hang out in a van with maybe for more than a period of five minutes. And, uh, and you know, good, you know, guys, move to Toronto and come play here. There's a band up here that kind of sounds similar to you guys called Rules, and uh, you'll, you'll like them. They're called Rules. Check them out. I did their first EP. I recorded it for them. <coughs> Sorry, there's the cold coffin coming in. So anyways, what's happening? Um, well, I guess I should let you know I got let go from my job at the theater. Um, it was six years. I had a good run. It was, um, you know, listen, you know, I know me. I know who, what type of person I am. I know what I can say and do. I know uh, what type of effect my words um, mean when I say words. Uh, they have an effect on people. And uh, let's just say, you know, I can't get too in much into it because if we're there's actually a legal reason why I can't actually speak, you know, disparagingly against my previous employer. Um, but I can let you know that it was stressful, and I didn't, I wasn't having a good time anymore. I mean, I mean, we all go to, we don't go to work to have a good time, but that's, you know, that's our family there. That's a family of people who we can, we have a common interest of trying to get the place, you know, the place we work at to be a better place to work at. And that was my goal, always, is to make it a better place. And uh, listen, that's just not what happened. It wasn't a better place. And, and and I can go to sleep at night knowing that I gave it my best. I did my best work there. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about myself. And uh, I can carry this into the future and have more better experiences um, and, and enjoy uh, life better this way okay the other things that's happening is I am about to deliver in for an audio mix my documentary that I'm working on for a band called lowest of the low um, probably one of the most artistically uh, liberating thing I've ever done in my entire life 
Um, I, I've had, I've, I've given it, given it to friends. They've enjoyed it. it. There's been a lot of positive notes put forth to make this thing a, a better, which I think is positive. And I gotta thank uh, Derek Emerson and Brent Belke for putting in their amazing, um, for, for putting in, just putting in the time just to watch it, and also give great, great comments and notes to it. So yeah, that's me. I've, I've, I've started a new year. You know, every year comes a new, a new anniversary of something, and I'm gonna make it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna get through this. It's gonna be a new, awesome year. Better things are happening. I feel it. I know it. And uh, you know, I'll check back with you in, in a year from now. Um, podcast is still gonna keep going. You know, I realize. I look back. I only did 14 episodes last year. That's not even. That's just a little over one a month. And you know, I gotta admit. Listen, it's been very trying with time with this doing this documentary and, and so forth. And uh, I'll, I'll do my best to get um, get everything together. Okay. Okay, love you guys. Have a great 2023.